All right, everybody, this is the Rubin Report Direct Message. I still am Dave Rubin, and today we're doing something a little bit different. This is all Ask Me Anything Q&A questions can be submitted at rubinreport.com. So already, if you are a member, you've already submitted your questions. Uh, it looked like we got about 80 questions or so. I've got a whole bunch of them on my fancy iPad here. If you wanna submit a question live, right now you can do it on your phone or on your computer and somehow through the pipes that Al Gore connected way back when to create the internet, your question could show up on my iPad while I'm sitting here. You sitting at home in your basement naked at your computer could get a question to me right now. It's absolutely incredible. Just go to rubenreport.com, sign up and you can submit a question. And we're gonna do this probably every couple of weeks just so that uh, I'm not just doing sort of news stuff all the time, although there's a lot of news related questions. I actually find that uh, getting info from you guys and getting questions from you guys and finding out what's on your mind is usually more informative than, well, it's always more informative than what I'm gonna get from the blue check Twitter brigade, uh, but it's often more informative uh, than just paying attention to the news in general because uh, good, regular, decent people have interesting things on their minds, believe it or not, despite what the media will tell you. Uh, before I dive in, I just wanna tell you one funny thing that happened this morning. So we were, we were walking Clyde this morning, walking the dog, and uh, I was dressed not like I'm usually dressed here. I'm wearing like a ripped uh, workout thing because I did some cardio this morning and I'm wearing like old beat up shorts and flip flops and David's with me and we're walking Clyde and this guy drives down the street and he's in a Camaro, uh, you know, top down, sunglasses, young guy. And he's like, yo, Dave, love the show, man. Love all the content, blah, blah, blah. And he stops the car kind of in the middle of the street and there's cars behind him. And, and I was like, oh, great, thanks, man. And this woman, this woman's walking this way. Like, she's walking towards me. I, I don't think she really knew who I am, but I didn't have a mask on. And she looked at me and she's like, Ugh! And I was like, and then she kind of like jumped off the curb to walk around me. And I was like, that's just such like a perfect like synopsis, at least probably what your lives are like at some level, but certainly what my life is like, like sort of good and bad, just like happening all the time. Like this nice guy, Clearly he had his stuff together. He's in a cool car, like looks like he's like doing something in life, says something nice to me. And then like, because I stopped for a moment on the sidewalk, this one, and then she just walked off the curb, almost got hit by a car herself and then uh, walked away. Anyway, I just thought that was a little silly something. All right, here we go. I'm gonna try to do as many questions as possible. I will not be wordy. I'm gonna get to it because we got a gajillion, a gajillion of them. I might abbreviate some of your questions here. I'm gonna start with Lauren. Uh, who asked, how can we reclaim the narrative on systemic racism in law enforcement? The rhetoric has resulted in increasing numbers of police officers being attacked and resigning from their field. What can we do to challenge the ongoing selective media coverage of police killings? All right, so first off, there, the media, CNN, New York Times, the rest of the drivel, archaic media that at this point has to collapse, um, they are not going to stop. There is nothing that can be done. Social justice has infected and wokeism has infected these institutions to the point that they will die on their sword, right? They, they, we know they're going this route. Um, they will not turn around and the host has been infected. Um, but what we can do and what you can do 
is what I think you're probably doing already if, if you're watching me right now. What you can do is you can send your friends videos that debunk a lot of this nonsense. So obviously there's a, a bunch of PragerU videos on this, but I would recommend, I mean, clearly if, if I'm just talking about stuff that I've done, send people any of my interviews with Larry Elder, including the, the famous first one where he beat me senseless when I claim that systemic racism existed. This is now four or five years ago, and obviously, as you guys know, it was one of my political awakening moments. Uh, send people Thomas Sowell videos. Give them a book. Um, I know these are like little micro things, and it doesn't feel like we can like fix the whole system just with what you do in your life, but I can tell you this, I can tell you this, that when we were rebuilding the studio, this studio here, um, we have a friend who we've done some work with who's a, who's a lifelong lefty, 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 was a, was a Bernie person, then a Hillary supporter, the whole thing, you know, hates Trump, all of that stuff. And uh, I gave him a copy of my book a couple weeks ago as we were rebuilding the studio. And he's emailed me a couple times. He, he's not like a hugely political person, um, but definitely like a lefty, you know, just sort of a factory settings lefty. And he's emailed me a couple of times basically saying, huh, you know, there is some interesting stuff in here and maybe I'm a little more libertarian than I thought. So if you wanna debunk systemic racism, you can't get into the fight with your friend and just start laying out numbers. Like it just doesn't work. They'll be like, oh, well, those are the numbers that you're just selecting from Fox News and blah, blah, blah. And that is one of the problems that we're all sort of selecting what facts we agree on. And, and that's why I keep saying there's a war on reality. Um, but I think if you send people some easy, short, digestible videos, um, that's probably the best way that you can do it. And then the, the other thing that you can do is just make sure you're finding new information and, and don't get lost in your own bubble, right? I mean, we, we all get stuck in this thing, myself included. And, and you know, just be open to new information and, and just try to be a little better. Try to be a little better than the people that will scream you down the second you say, no, systemic racism doesn't exist, meaning there are no laws that stop anyone from doing anything based on the color of their skin. That is absolutely true. There are no laws. If there was a law that said black people cannot do this because of the color of their skin, or if there was a law, it doesn't have to be about racism, that said women cannot do this because of their gender, gay people cannot do this because of their sexuality, of course I would be against that. I'm for individual rights, equality for everybody. And I think if you can get some simple ideas across to people first, then you can sort of let them uh, get to where they need to get to. Okay, I'm gonna try to do it faster. Uh, this is Kelvin, he says, assuming a Biden Democrat win in November by whatever means, do you imagine that the pandemic will suddenly disappear or at least cease to be any kind of priority to such administration. Ah, so, you know, look, this is one of those things where it's like we're all kind of conspiracy theories, uh, theorists these days because everything is so crazy. But I do sense that if Biden wins, I do not think Biden is going to win. And I think there's a couple other questions related to that here. Um, that if Biden wins, suddenly the pandemic won't be so bad. Suddenly the states will start opening up. Suddenly uh, things won't be as needed to be locked down apparently as they are. By the way, there's an incredible story. If you have not heard this, you gotta Google it. There is an incredible story breaking this morning out of Nashville, which by the way, Ben Shapiro and the uh, the Daily Wire just announced, I believe yesterday, I, I've known it for a little bit, that they are moving to Nashville. And then this morning, this story breaks out of Nashville that in effect, uh, the, the public, uh, the politicians in effect were hiding 
information on COVID because the numbers were so low and thus that allowed them to keep bars and restaurants open. It's, it's an absolutely, absolutely crazy story. And by the way, I think there's gonna be many more stories like this breaking where we're gonna find out that there are scandals, massive, massive scandals happening in Los Angeles, happening in New York, most likely happening wherever you live, that authorities have kept things on lockdown longer than they should have, they hid information. And I think, I think 2021, I just tweeted this out, I think 2021 is gonna be uh, littered with lawsuits, class action lawsuits, all sorts of stuff, because politicians have decided to put whatever their political ambitions are or whatever it is that they seem to want, control over you, they've put that ahead of your ability uh, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, so I do sense that that things would kind of go away if Biden became president. I don't think in and of itself that's a reason to vote for uh, Joe Biden. Um, this is sort of a, an offshoot of that. This is Aaron who says, do you think we'll ever get back to a normal society without masks? Or do you think that we will now become a country where people routinely wear masks when out in public? I think no matter what happens, I mean, first off, you can even see it. Biden said today, this thing about, um, you know, I trust scientists, that's their new thing, I trust science. Well, first off, well, okay, you trust science, that's great, and I, and I believe that science is the pursuit of truth and science can do amazing things, but they always say I trust science as if science can't be wrong, but science is also the, the quest to prove that the science before you is wrong, right? Like there's theories and then theories get debunked and then we get new theories and these things are tested and proven and all of this. Uh, so this, I believe in science. Uh, that's like saying, I believe in air. Okay, well, yes, I believe in air. It, it, that doesn't really mean anything. But anyway, Biden said this thing this morning about how he trusts science and the CDC uh, about a vaccine, but he doesn't trust Donald Trump. But, but what does that mean? What, what are you saying then? If, if the CDC comes up with a, a vaccine under the Trump administration, do you think Trump is the one that's doing the science in the lab? I mean, just try picture Trump in a, in a lab jacket and glasses, you know, doing the science to create uh, the vaccines. It's so stupid. Um, but I think the problem is that we're just undermining each other at all turns, right? So the, the Democrats are going to say, if it came from a Trump administration, then the vaccine's no good. And it, you can do the other version of that, obviously. Um, what I do think will happen is as, as Corona goes away, or as the lockdowns go away, or, or just the idea of whatever the freaking hell is going on right now, as it goes away, you're gonna see certain people that listen to certain types of news who are always gonna be wearing masks. You know when you go to the airport, and we get a lot of this in Los Angeles because it's obviously a major, a major hub around the world, you would often see people uh, from Asian countries, China specifically, that would be wearing masks at the airport, and you'd always be like, well, what's going on here? Are, are, you know, this is before coronavirus. I mean, are, are they sick? Are they afraid we're gonna get them sick? Like, what's going on here? I think you're just gonna see more and more of that, which is which is depressing in a way, because one of the things that I miss, I even I went to the supermarket yesterday, and it's like you know you go in there and you know I had a hat on and I had glasses and I had a mask. It's like you see, I don't know, I guess you could see this part of my face, and then like you talk to the the cashier and you can't really see her face because she's got a mask on or whatever else it is. It's like we're losing, and then we sit at our computers all day and we just chat with people. 
So it's like we're losing all of that like actual interpersonal stuff. And I think there's gonna be a real drive for it. And, I, and this is why, by the way, at the beginning of the lockdown, I said, you know, when we get through this thing and we will get through it, and I mean this more now than I even meant it then, I think the Roaring Twenties will be here because people are, want, are gonna to wanna to be out and about and connecting and having fun and enjoying themselves. And as I said yesterday, there is a lot of good news in the world. It's just a little harder to see it. Okay, uh, Kent asks, would you be able to interview Joe Jorgensen? So a ton of people have asked me this. We had a little scheduling conflict. Joe Jorgensen is the Libertarian presidential candidate. We are interviewing her. I believe we're doing it next week and then it'll air the week after or roughly something like that. And I'm looking forward to it. And as you guys know, I voted for Gary Johnson, the Libertarian last time. Um, I will talk to her about all of the things that I think are right about Libertarian ideas, but wrong with the Libertarian party. And let's see what she says. Okay. Uh, Alex says, what are your thoughts on Shapiro and the Daily Wire leaving California? Look, I'm glad you asked this um, because I had talks with Shapiro about this a couple of months ago because there had been rumblings about this for quite some time. I had had dinner with uh, Michael Knowles at my place dur during the lockdown. Oh, now I just probably got arrested. The stormtroopers are gonna be here any minute from uh, Gavin Newsom stormtroopers. You had dinner with someone months ago. Um, so I had known this thing was coming. I didn't necessarily know it was gonna be Nashville. There were a couple options, uh, but I had talked to these guys about it. And you know, look, at a business level, they're gonna save a ton in taxes. At a sort of personal level, I think the, the, the ideas that, that Ben and, and the Daily Wire guys are putting forth, conservative ideas, they're, they're not uh, that well liked in Los Angeles and in California, and they're doing a move that is totally congruent with their belief system. So I, I think that's great. I think it's unfortunate if someone like Ben, who was born in Los Angeles and, he, and his folks and whoever else, like if, if these types of people can't live in Los Angeles, this is a huge problem. Now, that being said, when I had these discussions with these guys, David and I had discussions with ourselves and everything else, and we were watching the riots happen, and you know, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because I had a studio in my house, uh, the other studio at least, I had had tons of people coming in and out of my house and everyone knew where I live and you're not gonna believe this guys, but there are people out there that don't like me. So I had other security concerns and everything else. So we really thought about moving and we looked at real estate and houses in Texas, we looked in Florida, we, we actually did look in Tennessee as well in the Nashville area. And this was all independent of the, of the Daily Wire guys. And I really thought about it and then I just, I had a conversation with Knowles and I just felt, you know, if someone like me, so if a disaffected liberal, who I would say at this point is just a, a modern conservative, um, because the conservative movement has become sort of wider and more open and everything else, if someone like me can't live in Los Angeles, can't live in California, then, then what Dennis Prager always described as the American experiment, well, then it's done, right? Like if I can't live here, then what, then what, if I can't live here, then how does someone in Texas have anything in common with someone in California? And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we should have this like mass separation or let California go its own way or, or all of those things. And I think those things are all fine to talk about, um, but I'm not ready to give up yet. And I, I'll say something else, you know, when over the last couple months because of the lockdown, you know, I've met many more of my neighbors in our old place and in, and in this new place. And when I'm walking around and people come up to me, oh, Dave, I saw you on Fox News, I love the show, whatever it is, it's their way of saying, hey, I'm not a crazy brain dead lefty. And I'm getting more and more and more of those people. And I told you how I've been seeing in our new neighborhood lots of American flags, which to me, that's a subtle symbol that you're not a lefty at this point because 
what lefty is going to put up an American flag if this whole thing is an evil, racist, patriarchal, founded on slavery project, right? So I think that there is an awakening and things are cyclical. Usually the left ruins things with big government and then the right sort of fixes them. You know, I come from New York. New York City had David Dinkins. He was a far lefty progressive. He ruined New York City. Times Square, I mean, my, my grandparents and my great-grandparents lived in New York City. We would go in, I remember I was a kid, and it was disgusting, and I, my parents were always like holding us real tight. And eventually, you know what happened? Rudy Giuliani came in and fixed the whole city, and now de Blasio's ruining it again. So these things are cyclical. But one other thing on this, which is that uh, I was watching a couple months ago this Netflix documentary on Frank Sinatra. It's a two episode, two hours each documentary. It's really wonderful. Even if you don't love the music, I do love the music, but just a really interesting sort of take on, on celebrity in Hollywood and, and just the Rat Pack, and it's really awesome. But I forgot really how politically involved Frank Sinatra was. And Sinatra, you know, he's a Jersey, New York City guy, and he was a Democrat his whole life, obviously friends with JFK and fundraised for the Democrats his whole life. And as he got a little older, guess what? He started becoming, it wasn't that he became more conservative exactly, he sort of did, but also sort of saw the left kind of going off, off the deep end after JFK. And you know what he did? He became good friends with Ronald Reagan, a Hollywood actor who then became a conservative governor of California. And then, and then what's really interesting about the documentary is then they go into how the media suddenly turned on him, that he was the darling of the media. But then once he became friends with those scary conservatives, uh, that suddenly, suddenly he was the bad guy. But there's a great moment in the movie where, where Sinatra says something to the effect of every man has a right to stand up and have their voice heard and stand up and vote for who they think is right. Um, and he sort of talks about how the mob and the media try to get you from that. And that, you know, this is like 40, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, roughly. So it's really, really, really interesting thing. And I, so long story short, I'm going to stay and fight. I think we can fix this thing. I really, really believe it. And I'm gonna try for a while. There are good people in California. You know, Peter Thiel is down here. Uh, Rick Grinnell is here. Like there are people that are waking up and we just, we got work to do. We got work to do, but what, what, what better stuff do I have to do? Okay, um, Steve, you sort of asked a very uh, similar question about you're a fourth generation Southern Californian and you wanna stay and fight as well. Um, okay, that's great, man, appreciate it. Um, Ben says, tell me where I'm wrong in my case for pending alien invasion. He had posted something in the community earlier about alien invasion. I, anything's possible at this point. As I, said to, as I said to Knowles when I got back on the grid, you could tell me that aliens invaded, you could tell me Joe Biden's head exploded, you could tell me actually anything and it would be like, yeah, kind of makes sense. That's sort of where we're at at the moment. Um, maybe an alien invasion would be the thing that would kind of cause that national cohesion that we need, you know, that, that might be it. Um, Truman asks, what's the most ridiculous reason you've been given for being demonetized? Um, you know, what's the most, well, usually it's just completely arbitrary and it's, and it's very hard to figure out. Uh, we've got a great guy on our team, Chris, who I know is watching this and he's an unheralded hero of our team who's done a really, really great job working with our, our YouTube contact about cleaning up a lot of stuff. So we don't get hit as hard as we used to. Uh, one of the videos that I did last week, oh, the video that I did, the direct message that I did on 9-11 was temporarily demonetized, then it gets monetized. Uh, but look, that's why I created RubenReport.com. What I'm more concerned about the demonization rather than the money is that it hurts it in the algorithm so less people see the videos. It's not even really about the money. It's that I want people to be able to, to see the videos. So in terms of reasoning, you know, I don't expect them to give us honest answers. And when I say them, I don't expect honest answers from YouTube 
I don't expect honest answers from Twitter. I don't expect honest answers from Facebook or the rest of it. As you guys know, we're doing this cancel con thing tonight. So I'll be heading over to Corolla's studio this afternoon and I'll be there with Shapiro and Prager. And for the last basically two weeks, the cancel con guys have been trying to buy ads on Facebook. I think around $10,000 worth of ads. That means that as a business, they're trying to give business to Facebook and Facebook won't let them advertise. The point of the whole freaking No Safe Spaces movie and the point of the cancel con event. By the way, you can check it out tonight. I think it's on at 5 p.m. Eastern. No, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, nosafespaces.com. Uh, Dragonfly, no question, just a shout out. Going to see my family for the first time this year, effing COVID. Right on, man. I, I haven't seen any of my family. I haven't seen my folks. I haven't seen my brother, my sister, my nieces, my nephews. We FaceTime all the time. We Zoom, we do all that stuff. Normally, uh, you know, tomorrow night starts Rosh Hashanah. It's the Jewish New Year. Normally, I would I would be home with family. Not gonna do it this year. Like it's just it's just a really ridiculous thing. And and going back to what I said earlier about you know these politicians who've closed down businesses and stopped families being together. And we've all heard the horrible stories of people who haven't been able to go to their grandparents' funeral or whatever it might be. It's like I think massive lawsuits are coming. I, I think massive massive lawsuits are coming. Uh, Chris says, do you have a prediction for the U.S. election and its aftermath? Uh, I'll go against what everyone's saying right now and what the polls are saying. Uh, I think Trump is going to win. I think he's going to win by a surprisingly large margin. I think people have just had it. They have just had it with identity politics. They have just had it with cities burning. They are they are shocked and elated and amazed that, that we're heading towards a peaceful future for the Middle East. Um, they're realizing that you know, that Trump for his imperfections, which obviously exist, he's not a racist, he's not a homophobe, he's trying to keep the wheels on the system. Um, and I think just that the if you're the average person in the middle, it's like, all right, you can vote for Trump who you may have some reservations for, or you can vote for a guy who seemingly has the beginnings of dementia with a VP who nobody liked. And the, the, the base got her out really quick, right? She was dropped out really quick. And then she's gonna be president. And what sits beneath that is all of the Marxist socialist nonsense that's burning down cities. I just don't see how people break that way. Um, but of course it'll come out to, to voter turnout and everything else. And what happens over the next six weeks, who the hell knows? And let's not forget, you can already see the media is priming this to not accept the results of the election, because I think they are starting to realize that Trump's looking pretty good right now, and they're already gonna try to figure out, well, Trump's not gonna step down. They're meaning like he won't accept the results of the election, except this is coming from the same people who haven't accepted the results for the last four years. Uh, heavy metal homo says, uh, silly question, but how do you stay thin while married to an amazing cook? Are you still on paleo? Um, I try to do cardio every day. I try to do like 45 minutes to an hour of cardio every day. I say this all the time. I watch old basketball games. Uh, I just, or sometimes I watch old cartoons. I literally watch the Thundercats and G.I. Joe and Transformers, like the 80s cartoons. That's basically what I watch. I just watched the G.I. Joe movie, uh, which was so freaking spectacular. It's, it's just absolute perfection. Um, so I try to do cardio every day. Um, I never drink soda. Um, what else do I do? I don't eat a lot of bread. I'm not really doing paleo, but I, I basically eat meat and veggies, and then uh, occasionally some ice cream. But that that's pretty that's pretty much it. Um, Lauren, when is your next book coming out? So I don't know that I've actually fully said this publicly, but I did sign on for my second book. Uh, it looks like it will be published in the spring of 2022 because the book publishing process 
takes a seriously long time. Um, and I'm not ready to announce the title yet. I do have a tentative title that I'm like 90% sure it's going to be. And I've written the, the, uh, the outline already and I've sort of sketched out, you know, kind of where I'm going to go with this whole thing. And I think it really is going to be sort of the next evolution of everything I'm doing. And I think you're going to dig it. Um, so I'll, I'll have a little more info on that soon. I haven't really started writing it yet. I, I want to get through the election and then I'll dive in for there. Uh, Miriam says, are you planning to run for governor of California? Good God. If I had uh, a nickel for everybody that's asking me this, I'd have a couple bucks probably. A decent amount of people ask me. Um, <laughs> I don't know that my skill set is best suited to run for this stuff. We need good people to run. Uh, you know, politics is so messy and it's so dirty. And, and I think part of the problem is it's designed that way so that good people won't get involved, right? Because someone like me, I suppose, should run. I, I don't know that that's really my future. I think I'm going to keep doing this and see see how I can affect things. Um, James says, who and when was the last time someone changed your mind with something big in your life? I mean, the easy answer on this that you guys all know is Larry Elder beating me senseless about systemic racism. That's the one that it changed the course of my life. Like it changed a personal political belief. But then because of that changed the total course of my life. Um, on a more personal note, I would say touring with Jordan, and I write about this in, uh, in chapter nine of the book, um, being around him and seeing the way he lived his life and how that, how living honestly for him, uh, helped other people live honestly for themselves. It absolutely helped me as a person. And I hope maybe I've imparted a tiny bit of that to you guys too. Uh, I know we're over time here. I'm, I'm going to push it a couple minutes. That's what I'm going to do because the people demand it. Um, Dan says, what do you think about the scientists? That's saying Corona was created in a lab. The content is being censored, but is that just because it doesn't follow the narrative or because she's not a legitimate source? So there is a woman who I think was a scientist in a lab in Wuhan, and I might, I, I haven't read this full story, but I, I know a little bit about it. I saw it very quickly on Twitter. It's, it's been pretty busy around here. Uh, who is claiming that there is proof that, the, that COVID was created in a lab uh, in China so I don't know what the I don't know what the truth is, and I don't know enough about her. It sounds like nobody does. I guess she was on Tucker Carlson uh, a night or two ago. Uh, what I think is as disturbing as the fact that perhaps it was created in the lab is the fact that uh, YouTube and Facebook and the rest of them are taking down videos related to this. It's like, how about you leave information up there? You guys have decided to be the arbiters of truth. And this is a big problem because, you know, first they told us not to wear masks, then we were supposed to wear masks, then we weren't supposed to wear masks. This is what was coming out of the CDC and the WHO. It's like, should we ban their accounts? But we know this usually only goes one way. All right, I'm gonna try to push it a little bit more. Um, let's see. Um, I'm observing, this is interesting, Freedom Fan. I'm observing seniors in their 70s and 80s who rely on traditional media growing more liberal and prone to believe that America's racist, flawed, et cetera. I chalk it up to accepting traditional media as being honest and or trying to stay relevant with younger family members. Is it just me or have you noticed a similar trend? Wow, that's really disturbing if true because generally, I sort of referenced this before, people get more conservative as they get older because they start realizing, oh, you have to conserve the good things from generations before that, that made things so good and things are pretty freaking good here. Um, so that would be pretty disturbing. I've heard a little, I have one uh, anecdotal story about uh, a friend of mine whose grandmother, who's a, a wonderful lady who I've, I've known my whole life, um, and she happens to be a conservative, that she posted one of my clips, one of my clips, 
and her grandchildren started going after her on Facebook. And then it became a huge family blowout because they had to ask her to take it down. And then the parents were upset with the kids about going after grandma publicly. So that's not exactly what you're saying here because she was taking her conservative position. But I could see that. I could see a situation where older grandparents are just like kind of, grandparents and parents kind of throw up their hands because the, the kids have been raised to think that everything is so evil and racist. And that that is a dangerous thought. Man, ooh, I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more. Uh, Matt, you seem like a smart and sensible individual. Would you ever consider running for office? We did that at state, local, or federal. <laughs> Maybe when I'm like 65 and I retire and I'm pretty much disappeared and I'm not public anymore, I would become a mayor of somewhere little. All right, one more, guys. Uh, and I, I will, we're gonna keep doing these, so please keep submitting questions. And, and there's a ton of great ones here. I'm sorry if I didn't get to you. Um, and the last one, not political, Hope asks, are you watching anything good right now or recently? As you guys know, when lockdown started, I, I watched all of The Sopranos from the beginning, which is like, it's perfection. There's not a minute wasted in the entire series. It's just absolute perfection. Um, the things that I usually watch, as I said, I, I'm watching old basketball and G.I. Joe and Transformers when I'm doing cardio, but at night, if, if David and I are trying to watch something, um, we did, we, uh, what are we doing, what are we doing? Oh, uh, on HBO we're watching Raised by Wolves, which just started, there are five episodes, we just watched the fifth one last night. It's got sort of a Star Trek, Star Wars feel to it. Ridley Scott did it, who did Aliens, who's an incredible sci-fi director. I'm liking it, I'm not like totally wowed by it. I did see Mandalorians coming back, that looks pretty good, so I'm excited for that. And then last night, because I can't always just watch dramas and all that stuff, um, I watched Chef's Table on Netflix, which they have a series, a mini series within it now, just about barbecues. And I've been barbecuing. I am making so many amazing steaks. I, I post some pictures of it if you're following me at, at the Ruben Report community. Um, but I've been making some really amazing stuff. So I've really been into just barbecue techniques and stuff. So they did one uh, about this barbecue down in Texas with this woman named Tootsie, who is 85. And she's out there with the coals every day, like working 12, 14 hours every day. And she's been doing it for years. She doesn't even uh, use a thermometer in the, in, the, uh, in the ovens and in the grills, on the grills. She just puts her hand on it to feel like just really, just wonderful story of a person that like found their passion and, and does something that brings happiness and joy and food to all sorts of people. All right, guys, that was a Q&A. I think it was pretty solid, although I didn't get to as many questions as I wanted to, but thanks for playing along. If you wanna be involved in any of these Q and A's that we're gonna do as part of the direct message every couple weeks, you can just sign up for a free account over at rubenreport.com. I thank you for watching. I hope you feel a tiny bit saner and maybe you take a little something that you got here and you hand it off to somebody else. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you later.